You're listening to Clock Shelves Entertainment, featuring global reactions, enticing aspects, tantalizing topics in many entertaining scenarios. The only podcast network bringing you great times. This is a Clock Shelves Podcast Network production. Welcome to another edition of Buffy Verse and Converse. Once again, I am Paul Casey, and I am delighted to be joined once again by two of our guests from the previous one, and we'll get into that in a moment. Um, but joining me once again are Ellsworth Tallman, the Electric Tongue, the Ellsworth Tallman. I can't think of all your other nicknames, sir. I'm sorry. It's it's a little bit later at night tonight. <laughs> Hey, you know what, Paul? I've been thinking about that, and I appreciate the introduction, but hey, let's just go with the, let's go with Mr. E. Mr. E, okay. Uh, we have Mr. E. Uh, Mr. E. Yes. Um, and the other voice you heard is the other returning person, uh, my mother, Ruth. Go ahead and reintroduce yourself. Hi, I'm Ruth Casey. I'm Paul's mom. And there it is. That's a standard operating <laughs> procedure when she is on any of the shows. Um, you'll notice that James is not with us. Unfortunately, he had uh, a, a family thing come up. Um, but we are, of course, trying to work on getting him on the next or one of the next episodes, I should say, um, because I know he had a little bit that he wanted to say. He watched a little bit ahead of where he should have, so I definitely put a stop to that. Oh, <laughs> tsk, 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 tsk. Uh, but uh, yes, we're gonna we're gonna try to hopefully get him on a future episode so we could hear a bit more of his thoughts. Because one of the things that he did message me, I will give this little tease. He said that. Uh, he was really starting to like it. So before I get into my fang, oh, he was the whiner last week that he didn't want. <laughs> last time he didn't want to, you know, it was so lame and uh huh. See, <laughs> well, that actually before I get into my fantastic facts, I just want to briefly ask Ellsworth. I know right before we started recording, you said you had a lot to say, but I just want to ask Ellsworth. You were a little hesitant about coming back for episode two as well. Did you like? this episode i don't want to say better than the first but did it maybe i don't even want to necessarily say intrigue you to watch more but did you well, like uh, this one here's my thing when it aired or when it played did they play together or back to back or yes. was that how it was played it was a t- it was a two-hour premiere yes okay cool so working like that it did it what that see that's what it, the first episode ramps up this one has a hits that peak, has a little bit more of the climax, and ramps back out. Whereas, you know what I mean? The first episode, you know, yeah, it works better. It flows like this was 
the first episode beginning yeah one story told it from yeah because that cold open on that's i made myself little like little notes for myself and the cold open is really odd if if there would have been a week in between that cold open is very disconnecting if you if you didn't see anything prior to that it's like wait what yeah no you're exactly right Okay. So, but I mean, it did. I don't want to. Here, here, here's my. I hope that it got better, and it is as long as it was on. I'm assuming it did get better, and the the people involved in making it got better at doing it as well. Um. Well, kind of like what we talked about last time. It was. You, they, they they were literally finding their way with this as they went. There wasn't a yeah. lot of roadmap for them no. to to follow as far as you know. But I mean, they didn't went. pick like a chick that like had some kind of like. Ba- I don't feel like I don't know. Maybe she did have a background in martial arts, but I don't feel like she looks like she does. But I'm assuming she gets better at looking like yeah. uh, she's a fighter right. as she goes on. Yeah, because right like, now she's supposed to be somebody who already took down a school and she does not quite look like somebody who took down a school before. Right. But even at that, she took down the school, but she didn't know what she was doing. So I think that's one of the things that Giles is supposed to be as her watcher and supposed to be basically her teacher training her and preparing her. Yeah. You know, so he's supposed to be getting her ready for what's coming because it's funny because one of the, I'm going to jump to all the way to the end. And one of my favorite lines that Giles says repeatedly is the earth is doomed. <laughs> you know, like, when you look at the, like what he's got to work with and they're going to, you know, the earth is doomed, you know, cause at that point, you know, it, it's not looking good for, well, you know, the, one, them taking anything down. One of my favorite things about recording any of the shows that I do, like MCU and Me or Lost with Friends or even back when we used to do Wrestling Renegades, is finding out little uh, details about the people that we have on. Uh, And sometimes in the middle of those conversations, you get some very interesting details about who the people are. And of course, we try to present you with who those people are across the various Clock Shelves Entertainment shows. And one of the best ways that we do that is on our show, Polynol. It is where I sit down uh, with various people from all over the world, as I always say, and I just talk with them. And I, the, you know, no topic is too small on our show, Paul and all, as our intro says. And I would love if you would go and check it out, if you wouldn't mind. Uh, of course, you could find the links across all of our social media. And, you know, you could help us grow that show as well, because sometimes it's fun talking with the Losties or the True Believers uh, about things that aren't necessarily Lost or Marvel or wrestling or what have you. Um, Sometimes getting to know the people is what is the fun part for me. I am Paul. I am your voice of choice here at Clock Shelves Entertainment, and I host Paul and All. Go check it out. One of the things that I will say, though, is when it was broadcast. Now, again, we talked about this in the previous one just, you know, very quickly. It was a brand new, well, you know, maybe a year or two old network. They had 
this particular show had a lot less money than a lot of the other shows on the network, which already had less money than your bigger shows, you know, from ABC, NBC, so on and so forth. Um, and the, they, like, like my mom said, they were still very much finding their footing. Now, one of the, uh, you know, some of the reviews and things from the time did, you know, say that the fighting, you know, like the fight sequences and the choreography weren't necessarily the best. And obviously, and we know this from not just other things that we've covered here with clock shelves, but just all three of us knowing what we know sort of about the behind the scenes of TV and whatnot. As you go along and you become more popular and like the, the one thing that I love that you said there, Ellsworth, was, uh, you know, going as long as it did, you, you hope, and you, you know, you presume that it did get better. And, um, you know, there was, uh, just, and I know he's not here to defend himself and I I don't want to talk, and I'm not talking bad about him, but for an episode of Paul and all once I had James watch, um, some shows and like the first two episodes of the office, the American version of the office and, um, Brooklyn nine, nine. And he completely hated The Office. And he's like, oh, it's garbage. It's a trash show and all these things. And I'm like, that show went for nine years. Um, I think, I mean, you could say you don't like it, but if it went for nine seasons, I don't think one can classify that as garbage. But so I like the way that you did say that, Ellsworth. Haven't we watched that now? No. Yeah, I mean, like, uh, I'm not a, like, I get the office has a huge following and it's got like a whole cult of people who know all of the things. Have I watched it? Yes. Do I know it all? No. Do I think that it's great? It's not great. It was something that was very unique for its time and different. And it's, you know, it was something that stood out amongst, you know, what was being on at the time. And I get, it does, it has humor to it and, I, I mean, if I had the choice I respect, between that I res- and something else, I'd probably pick something else. I right, respect. But- I, re- I respect it. I do respect yeah. it, and I respect the fact that it ran. A, it's like a lot of things that ran, you know, long seasons and stuff like that. You brought up Friends. I've never seen all of Friends, but I respect that it ran for as long as it did, and it has a huge following. One can't just say it's garbage. You know what I mean? I don't. I don't have any intentions of watching something like that. But it ran for mad long. So did shows like what, like ER and all kinds of other weird shows throughout time have ran for long seasons. You well, yeah, can't I mean, re- if you think about it, say, say one of the, like the soap, daytime soap operas, like Days of Our yeah, Lives, yeah, or yeah. been on for forever. Are yeah. they, you know, are they, are they what literature? I, no, but are they entertainment? Yes. And they have you know. following big enough to keep them where they're at yes. and keep them going. So I have to give that some kind of respect. Do I personally like it? No. And, you know, will I give something a, a chance? Yes. And I, you know, I, again, you know, I wasn't really. No, all... he's not going to watch Friends for you, Paul. No, <laughs> no, 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 I wouldn't. <laughs> I mean, I don't really, you know, I've seen, again, I've seen episodes and stuff throughout when it was on, but I never was like, oh, oh let no, we're me. big. We're big Friends fans. So. Yeah. And that's cool. Like, I understand it has a great, like, storyline. I understand there's all kinds of deep storylines, and it's great. And again, like, 
I saw some of it, not all of it, but I've seen some, some of, of it's it. funny and some of it falls flat. And, well, you know, it, it also depends on where you're at in your life as to how humorous things are, too. And we know not hu- I mean, humorous. Yes, but we know that's, you know, kind of the thing with Lost, right? Like there are some people where they may try watching it one time and they don't get it. And then they're at a different point in their lives and it just clicks for them. And I'm not just saying Lost. There are other things like they're all like that. But no, my my thing is a shot off the rip. Yeah. See, I, I took me forever. I even talked some smack on some of it. <laughs> and I'm not sure even know what I... I was not even know what I was talking about, but I'm just saying in general, like you can't, you know, you got to give, give it, yeah, give it a chance. And sometimes you're right. You circle back around and something is like, Oh wow. And like, and like we said with this and, you know, again, not to go off on like a huge tangent about like the office or friends or anything like that, but watching, the first two episodes. I mean, Ellsworth, think about it. We, how many times over the course of, on MCU and me, did we say, and um, you know, we've said it to other people that whole, if you could just get past those first few until the, the, you know, the captain America movie, and then it really starts to pick up or whatever. And there are people, and I get it. I'm not saying they're, they're right or wrong. I understand what they're saying, but there are people who are like, well, I don't want to have to sit through the, through a lot of bad just to get to the good. And that's how I try to say about the office. I am not a fan. The first season was only six episodes. I'm not a fan of those first six episodes per se, but if you don't see the beginnings of a lot of those things, you don't necessarily understand the character connections that you start to see in season two. And one could say the same thing about about Buffy, right? Like these, I mean, even these first two episodes, they very strongly set up here are who yeah. these characters are. Like by the end of yep. these first two episodes, you it, it is established Buffy Here's is, the click. Right, exactly, you know, and I that's actually Here's who you're going to see week to week. Right. Yep. And you get you understand their dynamics and and I mean, yes, yep. obviously things can develop from there even further, but you it is it is established this is the core and these are your characters and these are their dynamics. So if you haven't already, uh, go check out on Content Club. One of the bonus episodes we have once a month is a show called Two of Us. It features myself and my father uh, going through some different things in Beatles history. Uh, I know that that may not sound like fun to some people. You may not be a Beatles fan or maybe you're just a casual fan or what have you, but we're making some interesting discoveries along the way. Cause one of the things that we uh, have with that show is I provide a lot of research and things like that. And my dad who was alive for a lot of it, but kind of caught up later because it was happening when he was, you know, incredibly young. Uh, but he is one of the biggest Beatles fans fans I know, one of the biggest Beatles fans you'll probably ever meet if you get the chance to meet him, of course. But we kind of provide, it's it's almost like a sports commentary sort of deal where I provide some play-by-play and he provides the color, meaning he can provide some context and some things because he's read various uh, books, he's seen various interviews, 
and heard various interviews and all of these things, and he has such a vast knowledge of all things Beatle-related, and we're covering some topics that aren't necessarily the major topics when it comes to the Beatles. So if you might be interested, go check it out. It's available on Content Club right now, patreon.com slash clockshelves, and it is called Two of Us, and it's us going through the long and winding road of the Beatles. Um, can, can I can I say that something really bothered me at the beginning? I know we're going to get into this. You're going to be like, oh, man, we're going to talk about that scene or we'll get into it. But can I just say that something that highly, highly bothered me? And I think that it was funny because my ma walked in and looked up and saw that, like, I was like, yo, I'm watching this for uh, the podcast. I need to get caught up and watch the second episode. And at the same time she looked up was the scene where – the teacher principal is locking, locking the, the gate. gate. Yes, Yo, first off, that's like, a fire hazard. Yeah. That's a fire hazard. Not to me- mention, it's illegal, I'm sure, on a lot of levels. Oh, yeah. And, and it's yeah, kind of like, creepy. Yeah, so he's locking the gate. You know, it's like, what? who <laughs> no. does that? No, Wait, that what is year, so what year was this again? 97. 97. Uh, were we locking kids in school in 97? I guess uh, we were. That's just crazy. Oh, man. Yeah. It was something I thought else you were going to talk about Giles leaning over. Leaning over Willow, well, yeah. Yeah. That's kind of creepy, too. You know, the way he's, like, leaned way over her. It's like, oh, back off, dude. Yeah. You know? Oh, man. There are so many goofy scenes. And, like, yeah. I mean, I get it. They're still setting up. And, they're like you said, they're still, you know, finding their footing. But there's just some things that are just, like. I was I was waiting to hear James talk about the computers. Like oh my god! Them. Oh my just god! Well, it was funny because I when I first saw the computer, I'm looking at it going, "That's the kind of computer we had." Because the first computer Paul's dad and I had was um, a Macintosh, like just the it was like it had a nine inch screen, <sighs> and there was no there was no internet at that point. There were different companies that had their own. Like we were, we signed up and paid for Prodigy, which was its own wow. service, no, I... and it had bulletin boards and crap like that. But that's, I mean, literally, we had it had a nine-inch screen and a little floppy disk drive, and that was our computer. And I'm looking at those computers, going, "That was nicer than the one we had," <laughs> you know. And it's like at the school, but like watching them, and you know, just like trying to you know, write program and stuff. It was, I'm looking at going, wow. Like the, just the difference, you know, we're going to do research on there and there wasn't really a lot to be able to What were they doing? What program were they, what what, what were those girls doing? They had no clue what what the hell they were doing. Yeah. They had no idea. My favorite was when, when we see Willow being bitchy and she says, hit deliver and and Cordelia hits D E L delete. Whoops. Yeah, I'm thinking, wow, you know, know, Willow knows stuff like that. But, yeah, it was funny. Right. And if you didn't even understand that, then how how the heck were you operating? If you didn't know what DEL meant, how did you do whatever was on the screen to begin with? I have no idea. I have no idea. But it was. I love it. Yeah. no. It was just it was it was really funny because like, well, see, the nice thing, like when I learned computer, we didn't have to type command because it was um macintosh being apple was already point and click where 
anything that was not Apple was type command. So that's how much older I am. But that like what eventually became universal now what we have on the computers, that was what Apple always was. Right. You didn't have to type commands for Apple. So you didn't have to do any of that where like you would have to, you know, D colon, blah, blah, blah. You didn't have to do any of that. It was literally files on it on the the desktop and you didn't have to didn't have to type in any of that. So, you know, it's like watching them struggle through that, I was kind of chuckling to myself going, Hey, we didn't have We didn't have that when I was in school either. There were no computers. We had the old electric typewriters. Well, that's what I was going to say was it was basically uh, Ellsworth to kind of answer your question. I believe the concept was so I remember because I was very young, like elementary school age when this was on. And I remember one of the things that we had to do was, you know, learning, typing and things like that on the computers. And we had to just learn certain things because they were like, oh, you're going to use all this when you're older. Like this is the way of the future, the future, you know, whatever computers. And so I don't know if, I mean, you actually would be able to tell me better because, you know, you were high school age at that time, I believe, or thereabout. So in 97? Yeah. I was, let's see, I would have been a freshman. So were you learning to, maybe? Were you learning to, a junior? Like, no, freshman? I don't know, man. I agree. <laughs> yeah, about a freshman. But when were you having computer classes and learning how to like write I had, I had code? Not class. code, but um, not necessarily write code, but write like like learn how to have... create folders and you know all that sort of what's what's incredibly basic stuff now. But yeah, basically. Um, it was more typing, I feel like, than anything, but Well yeah, yeah because then it was it computer was... it was computer basics, yeah, because by then it was well, user yeah, free. It, you had but you still had to type commands in, right? Right, yeah. Yeah, so basically that's what they were doing was learning how to type commands. I never like I said, I never we didn't never had to learn that because our computer was a Mac, so it already had we didn't have but, to do commands. Yeah. It, it was all, it was all, the file Filter. was already there. You know, you just like clicked on now, like you do now where you just point the arrow and click on whatever. We yeah, it was like five, it was like colon slash file slash yeah. delete yeah. slash. Yeah, it was all kinds of weird. Yeah. That's, I mean, yeah. that's what, that's what we call folder it. slash desktop slash, yeah. you know, yeah. Well, yeah, Ellsworth's file without the apostrophe. <laughs> right. Because you had to, because what you were doing was you were creating a command for the computer to follow. And, yeah. you know, now the, the computer already has, it knows when you click on this button, it already has all that information. It's a shortcut to that, yeah. whatever. Cause if you, like when you click on, you know, when you click on the file, it'll still say file slash blah, 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 blah. You don't you just don't have to put all that in there. You can drag and drop and, and all that stuff. But hey there, folks, just taking another break to remind you to check out our social media pages. We're trying to grow those and we're wondering what you want to see more from us. Uh, you can let us 
know your feedback on our shows. You can let us know uh, feedback on just about anything, really, over on our social medias. You can make requests for various guests that you want to maybe return to certain shows, or you can give us topics. Um, you can check out all of that, and you can even fa- find pretty much across the various platforms the people that have been on uh, our shows because we follow them and are followed by them pretty much everywhere. Uh, on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, we are Clock Shelves. Of course, that's C L O C K S H E L V E S. We are trying to grow our social media presence, as I said. So, um, in addition to us trying to post as often as we uh, post new content for you. Uh, We're also trying to make everyone else aware of our social media. So make sure you go give us a follow, maybe even uh, share us sometimes, you know, when we post new stuff. It's at Clock Shelves, that's C-L-O-C-K-S-H-E-L-V-E-S on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. But yeah, like what a difference just learning, you know, learning that stuff. It's, you know, I, I, I kind of wanted to see what James had to say about the old computer stuff. Cause he was like, the technology. James didn't show up Yeah. when he's, when he's on the next one, I'll tell him one that we teased him on this one, but um, I'll, you know, I'll definitely make sure to ask him cause I'm sure that technology is going to come up again. Um, so my, I have my uh, fantastic facts for this episode, just very briefly. The four that I put were um, the line uh, towards the very beginning where Giles says about, you know, contrary to popular mythology, um, that that was one of the lines that uh, everybody, including Joss Whedon, the writer and creator, thought that he would get a lot of heat for because, you know, it's basically going against all of your major religions and calling them mythology, which is not really a, especially then was not really a popular thing. Um, And they also thought that um, the scene with Luke and the master becoming one where Luke becomes the vessel and he, you know, Oh yeah, that was so communion. It was, it was, well, not even that, but I believe it's on the commentary. Uh, He talks about the fact that, um, it seemed very um, homoerotic and they, they kind of thought that they were going to get in trouble for that because of, of, you know, people being homophobic and, you know, Oh my gosh, how dare you show? Because it's something not, I mean, I saw, I saw left that then him kneeling and kissing his hand, which is very papal. And then, you know, uh, taking the, taking the blood and like biting him, taking the blood and then him literally marking his forehead that was so, you know, communion like, you know, it was that that's what I got from that was more that than, than you know, oh, homoerotic. Yeah. See, like I said, a lot of uh, they I know that there was some there was some talk. And like I said, I believe on the commentary, he mentions it because they I guess they people thought it was going to be. Uh, sort of controversial because there was a bit and it's something that the show um, I don't want to say established but in comparison to some other uh, like vampire things that would come later like your vampire diaries I don't know how True Blood handled the situation but a lot of times guy in in the Buffy verse guys don't necessarily turn other guys into vampires because 
to be in, in, in this and in a lot of vampire mythology, the human has to suck the vampire, you know, has to basically ingest the vampire's blood. The vampire doesn't necessarily have to ingest the person's blood, but it's, and I believe Buffy even says that in the very first one where she says, you know, it's a whole sucking thing. And so within the mytho- this mythology of, of the Buffy verse, guys don't necessarily tend to turn other guys into vampires because it, they try to portray it as something of like a, like a sexual thing. So they didn't necessarily, especially very early on, this being the second episode, they didn't want to get into that too Well, especially because she said it's a whole sucking thing. Right, exactly. <laughs> you know. But, uh, uh, fantastic fact number two. We officially, we, we, te- we said it in the previous uh, podcast, but we officially find out Angel's name in this episode and we get the introduction of harmony. I don't think they referred her on screen as harmony, but in the credits they do. That is, um, Cordelia's friend that the blonde that she's talking to in the computer lab. And you know, she's just like, Oh, she's working on something else talking about Willow. That's harmony. And she becomes a recurring character pretty much throughout the rest of the franchise. Actually. Um, Now, you know, you know this, but I wonder Paul was, the character that I don't know do we did we find out her name is Darla? I don't remember if oh yes in the in like the very first scene we do in okay, the in the previous episode yes or not the very first pre- scene the scene where she turns around and she's flirting with Jesse in yeah, the bronze yes do we do we know like it has it has nothing to do but do we know that whether or not they were setting her up or was she just supposed to be like a one off character because she eventually comes back but. So I'm just curious we, if, it, if that was something that was planned. No. So in this one, actually, so I'll skip ahead. I'll switch my two fantastic facts here. So um, we officially see the formation of the Scooby gang and learn about the vampires and their connection to the demons. And we get our first details on what kills them versus what harms them. And at one point when Buffy and Xander are walking through the, the tunnels or what have you, she mentions holy water, you know, a cross, things like that. And I don't, I think it's in one of the commentaries or maybe a special feature on the DVD or something like that. Um, they really liked Julie Benz's performance. And mm-hmm. so it was originally supposed to be that holy water, you know, um, is it Willow? I think throws holy yeah. water on Darla and she, yeah. you know, covers her face and she runs out screaming. There's smoke coming out of her face or whatever. And from my understanding, it was originally supposed to be that that was going to kill the character. But like you said, um, they, they liked her and her performance. So she did end up coming back. So it was kind of established. Okay. Holy water just like hurts them. Burns. Yeah, it burns. Yeah. So it's similar to putting a cross on or, you know, what have you, where it can repel them for a little bit, but they don't die from it. Yeah. Hello, all listeners of Clock Shelves Entertainment. I am Jacob, known as the streaming demon over at Renegade Pop Culture. Need a distraction from all the chaos in the world? Well, so do we. And that's why we discuss all kinds of media that we love. Movies, cartoons, music, comics, games, you name it, we cover it with giving respectful honest, and enthusiastic perspectives. 
Find us on Podchaser, Banana Meter, Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, etc. Or hop over to RenegadePopCulture.com. Renegade Pop Culture. Need an escape? So do we. Um, and my very last fantastic fact. The fake-out of Jesse dying in the first, well, technically second, but again, as we talked about these premiered back-to-back um, episode, was something that Joss uh, Whedon specifically wanted uh, and he even wanted to actually add Eric Balfour to the credits to give us an uneasy feeling that anyone could die at any moment. Because in that very first one, in, in Welcome to the Hellmouth, it's kind of set up where uh, Willow and Xander and Jesse are like a trio. And they're, you know, they're all friends and they're all hanging out and perhaps Buffy is going to join their group. And then by episode, you know, by episode two, I guess, technically, um, Jesse passes away or he dies, you know, gets turned into a vampire and then he gets staked by by Xander. And um, sort of. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it, there's, there's like, you know, I, well, I like no, no, no. The reason gets, I say that yeah. is because there's things later on. Um, I don't think it's necessarily in the show, but when they continued the show in comic book form. Um, he mentions the fact that uh, all those years later, he still doesn't see the demon. He still sees the face of his friend that died right in front of him, basically at his hand. So he, even though the person, you know, somebody pushed him. He was oh. holding the thing. Yeah. Yeah. So he, yeah. he still feels guilt about that. because Responsible that was, for it. Yes. What a well. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, the idea is that, you know, you know, we see, you know, we don't necessarily see the evil, you know, you just see. And it, Giles it, it, specifically tells him hey, more than any one of my friends turn into a vampire. They all getting killed. All well, of them. Yep. No well, hesitation. That's... Every one of my friends, friends, family, all of them murked, killed, pop, 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 pop. Well, that's no the thing is, Giles specifically <laughs> says, zombie, you know, all gone, did it. dead. <clears throat> you or me, it's going to double be- tap, double tap. <laughs> like in Zombieland. Yep. Um, but no, but that's the thing is, Giles specifically says, you know, more than once, it's not your friend. You cannot look at him like that. Yeah. But like I said, and, yeah. and you know, get, not to get way too far ahead, but, you know, by the end of the series and even by the end of this episode, Xander knows, you know, what goes bump in the night, basically. And still all those years later, like I said, he, he mentions that he still only sees the face of his friend, not, you know, the the demon that that sort of took its not the evil thing that's wearing his friend. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Get, Which is kind of uh, actually that's kind of weird because that's a supernatural thing where they're wearing, you know, yeah. the demons are wearing someone else. But, uh, yeah. And I understand what they're trying to do by doing that. And I get it. Hey everyone is James recurring guest on Paul and all just taking the time out here to let you know about a special bonus episode of Paul and all available right now on Content Club in it. Paul and I discuss a failed pilot, How I Met Your Dad. We were prepared for How I Met Your Father. Yes, there are two different shows. This episode will never be released in the main feed, so go check it out right now at Content Club, only at patreon.com forward slash clockshells. Thank you. But so, yeah, and like I said, it he wanted to give the, Joss, that is, he wanted to give um, sort of that 
that uneasy feeling for us as the audience that anyone could go at any moment. And literally the only reason that, that Eric Balfour wasn't in the opening credits is because they could not afford, this is how tight the budget was. And it also goes to show how much things have changed when it comes to, you know, putting together just the concept of, you know, an opening credits sequence, which I could do, you know, in about five minutes, if I had if I had all the pictures and video, I could probably put something together in about five minutes on my computer right now. Um, they could not afford to get two different sets of opening credits made, one with him in them and one with without him for the, you know, the future episodes. So that was the only reason that he wasn't included. And I thought that... Um, I mean, obviously, we like, Mom, you know, just based off of other Joss Whedon things, but um, Ellsworth, I thought you could sort of appreciate just that concept because uh, because Lost tended to do that, where, you know, basically anybody could, the, the, the concept, at least, that anybody could go at any time. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah Joss, Joss Whedon has a tendency to kill off his main character, so I think, yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, that makes it a little more realistic and stings and keeps you a little more, like, on edge. And Well, yeah, that's one of the things that happened in Game of Thrones, right? Oh, you never God. Knew which character was going to bite it. I've <laughs> never seen any of them, so yeah, I, I have Listen, no idea. they did such a... I'm, honestly, I kid you not. You never know who's going to go. Unbelievable amounts of people go from being people you hate to people you like and people you like go to people you hate. It's insane. Well, I've seen where they take a book and they, they mark like the, the scenes where in the, in like the first game of Thrones book and how many people die. And you look at the book and it's got all these red flags in it, you know? Oh my God. It's insane. But it, but that's not even cause they didn't, they didn't stay true to the book. Well, that's that's what I was just going to say was if I'm not mistaken, one of the main characters in the book, and he appears throughout the entire book series. I yeah, he think, dies in. The, I think the he dies within thing. like the yeah. first few episodes of the first season. Yeah, they did. They definitely changed. No, I mean they 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 changed some stuff, and they like they didn't talk about like there's a lot more to do with like the the history and the lore and um in the books, but. But it's yeah. still, I mean, it, it, it just just in the show in general, it goes to show you that, like, as a reference, you know, just using a show that they they did a very well job of doing that. Again, I was not about the show at all at first. Yeah, I've I've never seen it either. People tell me I should, but I've never seen it. Either. And to each their own, man. People tell me I should watch Buffy the Vampire Slayer, but you know. Well, yeah, but you are. Well, I mean, <laughs> I'm watching. I've watched two episodes. <laughs> so, uh, one of the things I have in in the little notes that I made for myself, although some of the stuff is rough, like we talked about the the um, the fighting scenes are like not good. Um, and if you watch them close, you can kind of see um, her body double. Oh, some oh. of the scenes because her body double is way heavier than she is. I thought, you know, she's just a bigger bigger boned person but some of the camera work is kind of really cool like there was this the scene where they're walking through the tunnels and they hit a flare off from the cross which of course we know that plays into it later on because she gives Xander the cross and tells him and that's what he uses to to go against Jesse but 
just that there's that scene where it's everything is dark and then the they show her face and the light hits that cross and flares out which i thought was kind of neat and i'm not a photography person but i thought that was kind of cool and then there was another scene where they um they when the vampires were there and they show their like raggedy nails like yeah that would like they they backlit the nails mm-hmm. you know and it was like okay that's just creepy you know but that was the idea is that they're supposed to be because i i know weird things in in useless knowledge but uh your they say there's two things that continue to grow even after you die for a short period of time and that's your nails and your hair which is actually not true. It's just that everything well, else shrinks around those shrivels, things. Right. Yeah. But, you know, it's but it seems that your nails get longer. So it actually it does and it doesn't because it, it the skin shrinks and pushes your nails forward. So they kind of grow. They're not actually growing. But, you know, so the fact that their nails are longer and raggedy is kind of interesting. You know, it's like that. I have a question. So according to this this whole thing with the harvest right the whatever his face is says three score years ago blah blah blah. okay three score is only 60 years right this is 1997 yep so supposedly there was an earthquake in that area in 1937 that buried that's what Him? even even when Willow does her research, that's that's what she says, because there's she says the fact that there's there was like a church, which is what he's trapped in. There was a church that and like the, the part of the town swallowed it up. As I say, because there's no like I looked, I didn't see any like major earthquakes in 1937. Well, I'm pretty sure you won't in real life. You won't find Sunnydale on a map. Well, so. no, I know that. But I'm like in <laughs> so general, in Sunnydale, in general, there was an earthquake. <laughs> okay. But, but three score, like in the scope of, you know, like the fact that there's lore about this, it's only 60 years. You know, that this, that 60 years ago that this happened, that this harvest is supposed to, to go on and whatever. And so like, I, I don't know. It just doesn't seem like very long in the scope of things. You're right. You know, like if they would have, if they would have said, you know, 10 score, you know what I mean? Like it's a very short period of time. You already know with clock shelves entertainment, you get great times, global reactions, enticing aspects, tantalizing topics, and many entertaining scenarios. We talk the ever-expanding Marvel Cinematic Universe, we talk failed pilots and prep for new shows, and we talk some shows that are, you know, we're looking at in retrospect. We talk with friends from all various walks of life. Sometimes it's sports, sometimes it's sports entertainment, and sometimes it's just pure entertainment. We are all over the country and all over the globe. We're friends, we're family. We are Clock Shelves Entertainment. In in general, you know, to say three, I mean, sounds, you know, because you think four score, you know, the Gettysburg Address, four score and blah, blah. Yeah. Three score is only 60 years. You know, it's not a, a super long time. In well, no, the... but it is, but it is enough. And this is, this is the thing where it is enough that, the comp or not the company, but that um, the town 
can basically forget about what may have been happening. Yeah, I guess. You know what I mean? Because that's, you know, grandparents and, you know, the they raise their... It's, well, yeah, it's, a, it's about a generation, you know, it's about a generation when you, you know, what they consider a generation, right? right? Exactly. A generation, so, like 50 or 60 years, something like that, they... Yeah, you know, so I mean, it, it yeah, is. I think they're making generations longer, but that's about an average for yeah. But like I said, it just seemed odd to me that that's a, in the history of you know the Earth is you know millennia old, but this thing happened sixty years ago, and we've got all this lore on what happened. You know, I mean, maybe there's there's lore on the harvest, and this guy is just the the issue, but I don't know. It just seemed weird. So he so Giles specifically says that they're waiting that like not all of them, but and we kind of find out a little bit more about this particular sect of these of vampires that they, you know, led by the master, they're waiting to bring about the return of the old ones. Yeah. Right? And because and okay. he specifically says about that. So. You, you know, you look at even, um, what is it, uh, like, I don't know if it's the correct pronunciation is Haley or Halley's Comet comes yeah. every whatever, like 80 years. years. Yes. Yeah, so, yeah. so, you know what I mean? So why couldn't yeah. the opportunity for the harvest come every I 60 guess. years? I guess. Yeah, I mean, it, it, I see both sides of it. I guess. Yeah, it just seemed, it seemed like it a seemed like it should be a little time. longer. Yeah. Yeah. 60 years also, does not seem like a long time, but you're right. Also, Luke is feeding to feed the master. The man had no blood on his mouth. There's no blood on the victim. Excuse me. And why did they not check Jesse? Buffy's smart enough to know that they found him. He's been with the vampires for at least 12 hours. Why didn't she check him for a bite mark? Because Xander was there. Okay. That's 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 what I I mean and, and yes, I'm try I'm you know, I'm being an apologist for it, but that's that's what I think because Xander was there because Xander was very much like, "Oh my gosh, my friend, he's 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 all good and whatever." Yeah, but you understand what I'm saying like as far as the the whole like did you see like what do you do you know do you remember what I'm saying about as far as Luke? Yeah. Yeah. 100%. You know, he he bit the bouncer, nothing. He no, nothing. He, he was dry as a bone. I don't know. Did they, yeah. was there a lot of, I feel, I don't remember there being like, but there a, was nothing on his mouth. Like there was nothing. no blood. No, I understand that, no, but I'm, I'm saying, I don't remember just in the show in general, like as the seasons go on, I don't remember there being a lot of like, but there is, there is blood because I mean, realistically they've got all those teeth and everything. And did, did angels, <laughs> it's going to sound weird. Cause we, I've noticed weird things. I think that David Boreanaz had, um, uh, what's it called? Um, after you have braces, um, oh my gosh. Retainer? A retainer. Yeah. There was something because he talked like there was something in his mouth. I was waiting for him to flash bang because he talked like there was something in his mouth. And I'm wondering if he had braces at that point. <laughs> You know, that like, I don't know, like on like the... an Invisalign or something like that, because, you know, I talked about uh, like I noticed that on on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I noticed that Chloe Bennett. Oh, don't talk bad about her was... in front of Ellsworth. 
No, no, but she, <laughs> I, I, I noticed that, that there was something different with her teeth. Yes. And she, you know, I had you check and yes, yeah, she had had a problem with grinding her teeth and she had to have something done. But I noticed weird things like that. And I, it seemed like he had something in his mouth when he was first talking to, um, when he was first talking to Buffy and what the heck was he wearing? A velvet jacket? Like seriously? He was a cool guy in the nineties. I mean, what? Oh, what? I mean, suave. Oh, yeah. Suave in the night. Uh, Not no. creepy at all. No. Not showing up in a mausoleum <laughs> in a graveyard in the middle of the night. In, in a, a velvet, velvet jack. jacket. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm sorry, but what? You know, like seriously, velvet jacket? That yeah. didn't Well, set in the first think about it. In the first sense. one. Think about it, though. In the first one, he showed up in an alley, I think in the same jacket, and gave a high school girl a necklace. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. but There's a lot like of creepy said, stuff going on in this uh, yeah, show. Yeah. I, I don't understand how, how she was able to clock him, like, in the first one. We talked about that, but I don't know how she was able to get the jump on him. I told you didn't... my opinion. I think he let yeah, her. Yeah, he let her. Yeah, I know. But I'm just saying, like... It, it just doesn't make any sense. Um, but that velvet, the, that velvet jacket kind of was like, oh, please. You know, like, please. On the topic, though, of, you know, the, like, the, we I know it's going to sound weird to say, but the weird mouth thing. So I believe it's in the commentary. Um, Joss Whedon talks about the fact that he, he, you know, he took the time to basically apologize to Eric Balfour for giving him so many, uh, lines with the letter s in them because the pros <laughs> the prosthetics that they used for the vamp face because that's what they oh. call the vamp face it you know with whatever they had to put in their mouths or whatever it made it difficult to say the letter s and anything you know with that sound in it and whatnot and um he that actually and I, I, you could kind of hear it with um julie benz talking as darla over these first two episodes as well and that led the uh, the props and effects departments to create a new uh, like a new version of, of part of the the prosthetics for the for the vamp face, so that any of the characters that would be like recurring, um, they could use the newer one that so that they could speak better and you know actually enunciate. Whereas yeah. any of the sort of background goons and vampires and things like that would use the older one where they didn't have to, you know, if they, because they, they didn't really speak, of course. So they could yeah. wear the one well, where the, it, the, the vamp face face, the prosthetic that goes on the forehead and whatever. When I first not when I first started, but, you know, towards the beginning, they used to sell those where I buy my makeups. They used to sell that that prosthetic that vamp faced prosthetic. And I, I, I kept saying I was going to buy one. I was going to buy one. And now they don't sell them anymore. And I'm like, dang it. <laughs> Cause I think that would have been cool to have. Oh, absolutely. You know? Um, but so, yeah, so we, we get, I mean, we've kind of covered a lot of the plot anyway, but we, we do find out some, some key things in this episode, such as we talked to, you know, technology and things. So Luke was a, Bitch, <laughs> you got Pretty beat much, too yeah. quickly. Like, word, <laughs> he's supposed to be like number one henchman. Yep. Sorry, yep. just thought I'd throw that out there. I was yep. highly disappointed that he got beat up that fast and it was that quick. Well, how dumb yep. was he to like the like she hits him with the like she throws the 
the um oh no that was a smart move no i but how dumb was he where she's just like sunlight and then she's like it's in about nine hours moron like how do you did you did he lose track of time that quickly did he get such a high also, off of the blood also, that he forgot holding, oh yeah the sun just set and we literally just came out like he's and and like he's so brilliant he's holding cordelia right he knows that theoretically, to none of them are getting out of that. None of them are getting out of that room, right? Why didn't he bite Cordelia and then go after Buffy instead of having an argument and then throw Buffy aside or throw Cordelia aside to go for Buffy? He's supposed to be. He's supposed to be, um, you know, right. feeding up to be able to feed the master. He should have bit the one that was in his arms and then go after the Slayer. In case you didn't know, we are trying to get back into the gist of doing some Lost with Friends episodes about once a month. Um, of course, available early and uninterrupted over at Content Club. Um, but we're looking at doing things like covering deleted scenes, certain character arcs, and uh, you know various uh, discussions about all sorts of bonus sort of topics with regards to Lost. Of course, as many of you may know, Lost is what brought myself and various friends that uh, appear on these podcasts together. It was uh, one of the flagship shows for such a long time, and realizing how important it was uh, and not being ready to remember, let go, and move on we had to go back. So we are trying to get back into the swing of doing Lost with Friends about once a month. Uh, so uh, we've been behind a little bit, I will admit, uh, but we are trying to get back into that, like I said, available early and uninterrupted over on Content Club. And then uh, uh, again, in the main Lost with Friends feed. So go check that out. There's a few episodes available right now that you can go check out. Bonus episodes of Lost with Friends from Clockshelves Entertainment. You know, like I want that, all your blood, bro. Right. Yeah, like <laughs> don't be stupid. It's right there. You know, you're just gonna make yourself stronger by mm. feeding. You know, but no, he tossed her. Of course, we know. You know, theoretically, you know, he's not gonna kill Cordelia and blah blah blah. But you know. <laughs> Well, know. no, actually, I would have I would have thought the quote unquote logic would be if he bit into Cordelia, that leaves him vulnerable to an attack from Buffy at, you know, where she could just like throw something at him and he wouldn't his his senses wouldn't all be on alert. Whereas if he throws her to the side, he has he's completely focused on her on Buffy. Yeah, I, I don't think so, because he wasn't because he was. He wasn't completely focused on the bouncer. He paid attention to what else was going on. You know, it, it, it just didn't make sense. Well, yeah, but you don't have to be focused on a bouncer. You should be focused on the Slayer. I understand that. But what I'm saying is his focus wasn't completely on his food at the time he was going after the, the bouncer. He was watching what else was going on. If he bit Cordelia, he could have still been watching what else was going on. Okay, so as as... The, the parents you know thing who else w picked up on the fact that uh, Buffy's mother said I know when you're 16 it everything is the end of the world well yeah I said last I said last episode that's the point of the show 
is that you know everything when you know when you're a teenager is the end of the world and, you know whatever and of course theoretically the you know if she doesn't go out it will be the end of the, the world, end of the world you know yeah. <laughs> but, but it was like you know, you're not allowed to go out you can stay in your room and sulk if you want <laughs> that doesn't work yeah, <laughs> you know no. especially when you know that she's kind of like you don't want to say it but she's a troublemaker i would have made her sit in the kitchen with me you know like well that's, that's i mean i said before about how we how we learn a lot of things and you know we get uh character dynamics down and and things like that so the fact that joyce her mom doesn't have any idea of anything that's going on that's her mom is super clueless right <laughs> like, between between you know the these two episodes that's it shows you the disconnect they have as a mother and a daughter yep yeah um we learn just a few other things such as giles doesn't know anything about technology but willow does and we apparently she was a hacker if that which I guess that term technically wouldn't exist because, like we talked about before, was there really a World Wide Web? Not necessarily. But... Wait, nah, man. Hackers came. Hackers came out around this time. I thought that was early two thousands. Look it up, Paul. I am. <laughs> but anyway, but we find that out. And but we the... find out, yeah, because she she hacked into the nineteen ninety five. Nineteen ninety five. My apologies. But, yeah, that's what I thought, bro. That's what I brought up. Yeah, I used to love that movie. Are you crazy? That was like my movie. Okay, yep. so when did when did the World Wide Web? Because Angelina's a believer. Um. So one of the other things, though, as I'm looking this up, um, that I. I always find interesting and I talked with Kevin about this on an episode of the MCU and me podcast uh, when talking about daredevil, um, the character of Xander in this series, and it's very much established in these episodes. He feels incredibly useless. He even says the line, I think uh, something along the lines of, I'm I'm not a I'm not man enough or I'm less of a man or something like that. Yeah. Because yeah. he's very trapped in that, you know, for lack of a better word, patriarchal thing of, you know, the man has to defend the woman and, you know, so like he can't get over this concept that the Yeah, he wants to protect. Right. And he And of course he because he has like a crush on it. Buffy as well, he of course yeah. wants to protect her and whatever. And he doesn't Maybe I'm maybe I'm mistaken because I have a I have a very difficult kind of bias when it comes to Xander because I've had multiple people tell me that kind of that character that that character type that archetype of a character which the character of Foggy is sort of in the Daredevil series for anyone who's watched that and there are many others in in things over the years people tell me like oh I, I you know. That's who I think of you as. And I look at those characters as, well, he's not the cool guy. He's not the main character. He's not the badass. He's like the defenseless whatever one. And then I'm like, well, okay, is that... Because that's not the character. And I've even talked about this on Lost with Friends. That's not who I want to be. I want to be the badass guy who can, you know, swoop in and save the day and give a witty one-liner and wink at the camera and 
back when finger guns were a thing, give finger guns and you know what I mean? Like that, wear a, a velvet jacket or whatever, like Angel had on. <laughs> like that's, you know what I mean? Like, and, and when people say, oh, you're like Xander or whatever, and I look at it and I'm just like, oh, great. Because to me, and I've, the character of Xander becomes a lot more and I I do like a lot of the not all but a lot of the arc that they take with his character but it's it's very it's established very early on in these two episodes alone that he sees himself as very disconnected from this group because Buffy is the slayer Willow is the tech one Giles is the you know sort of the history one and the one that's going to teach her and what is he He's just kind of there. And that insecurity very much informs his character. And we see the beginnings of that right in this one. Yeah. Over this last year, the entertainment space changed drastically. With many TV series being binged, many films seeing digital releases like never before, and many in show business starting or growing their online presence. Many actors, directors, producers, and more began to delve into the world of podcasting. Whether it was actors re-watching and giving behind-the-scenes details on their long-running uh, series, directors appearing to discuss their filmographies, or even comedians launching series to help grow their audience in a time when touring was non-existent, the podcasting landscape changed. And though we at Clock Shelves Entertainment have tried to consistently bring you new content, we know we haven't always kept up our end of the bargain. But we would like to take a moment to thank you for sticking with us. And with so many options out there, we began to question how we exactly fit into the current space. We realized that although we may not have those involved in your favorite Marvel films or your favorite TV series or music genre, we have the unique fan perspective. We have something no one else has. Global reactions, enticing aspects, tantalizing topics in many entertaining scenarios. Yes, we have great times. We have the unique perspective of offering the different viewpoints from literally all around the globe. We'd like to thank you for sticking with us and we hope to continue bringing you more great times ahead. We've always said Clock Shelves Entertainment is a great way to pass the time. Great times ahead. Um, but then again, we know that he's got courage because you know, he's told to, to wait and stay behind, but he doesn't. He still goes out and he backs up Buffy, even though she tells him she doesn't need it. He still has the courage to be there for her. You know what I mean? Like there, there is no, um, there is no, uh, he's afraid, but he doesn't let the fear keep him from doing what he thinks is right. I, I'll give you that. Uh, so I looked it up very quickly and according to Wikipedia, um, the, they started using, uh, things for the World Wide web in January, 1991, then became 
then to the general public in August of 1991, and the web began to enter everyday use in 93 to 94 when websites for general use started to become available. Yeah. Like I said, there there were there were mostly it was like private. Um, like I said, uh, Prodigy was one. I'm trying to think of who else there was before that. Well, like because AOL were... was was kind of that, right? Like bef- no, no, because AOL was still part of the World Wide Web. Like uh, Prodigy was its own. Like you couldn't contact anybody outside. Well, I guess AOL too, but you couldn't contact. Like if you if you were on Prodigy, you couldn't go to anything other than a Prodigy some kind of prodigy site they were all it was all through prodigy sort of like when you're on youtube you can go to different youtube channels but it's all through youtube yeah there was no go from like uh you can go from um facebook to um i don't even know like you know go from one website you know a cooking website to this website to that website to different websites if if it was if you were on prodigy everything was through the prodigy server and that was it you couldn't go anywhere that wasn't part of the prodigy network CompuServe was another popular yes yeah um and if you if you had if you had prodigy you could only communicate with people who had prodigy even email didn't work from prodigy to CompuServe. It was one or the other. Like AOL, you could send an email theoretically to another server. Right. But to Yahoo at, or, you know. Right. At that, that point, later. it yeah. was only, yeah, Yahoo was another, you know, another thing. But you could you could only, you know, if it was Prodigy, it was only Prodigy. You didn't have any other whatever. Um. I mean, we kind of, just very looking through everything, we kind of touched on, I think, most of the major uh, sort of arcs and and the storyline of this episode. Um, it really brought the first episode to a closure. Yes. That's what yeah. it really did. I mean, you know, it really kind of brought it all, tied it up nicely. Like you said, you got the gang now. You know, they've all kind of experienced, we got our loss so, you know, that's what's going to mend them. I'm, I'm assuming that's what's going to kind of mend them, blend them together moving forward. They've all just experienced this. They're new to it, but then they also lose this friend. So moving forward, you know, they have this this thing. You know, like he said, they, they're sharing a secret. They have a common secret. They have a common. Yeah, secret. but now they, they have a tragedy. That yeah. is that well, brings yeah, that, them that, together, that and because tragedy always fine. brings people, you yeah. know, you always have a certain bond after something like that. Hence yep. the Avengers. Yep. Well, yeah, that's the the whole purpose of that. Yeah. That's why they killed Coulson. Yeah. You um, know, because that was the thing that 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 you know pulled them together to get them to go after whatever. Yeah, and they do have, you know, they have that. The one. Know, what, the one thing what could I have do... been a, a bigger tragedy. But the bronze, you know. Oh, wait, I have one more thing. How bad were the props? Like oh. when when they were like in the in the in in the basement and, and in the in the tunnels 
and they had to pull that door like when the guys were trying to bring break the door and they bent that it was terrible you know like, one use of props that i really did so like bad. though was the pool cue and it just stays there because it's clearly stuck in the in the vampire that was running but, oh but why yeah. didn't he poof i don't know like you heard him hit the ground and then you heard the ch- yeah but like it stayed there for a while like that was kind of weird but yeah, I like that. That was pretty funny. But like that, uh, her pulling the ceiling vent down and them getting through that door, that was so bad rubber looking. It was terrible. I um, mean, they they do better eventually, but that was just bad. Yeah. One of the other things um, I like, they, they talk about it twice in this episode. Um, they talk about it at towards the beginning when... Uh, right before Willow shows them the fact that she can like access stuff on the computer. Uh, and then they talk about it again at the end, how people can, and it's kind of what I said before about, you know, like mom, you use the word generation, um, how people can just easily forget what happened and Buffy even says you know oh no that was just you know guys on drugs or it was whatever and I think at the end Cordelia says it was you know rival gangs and they they needed a a, you know a makeover or whatever and how the and I mean it is a thing of the human brain right where we just we we kind of see what we want to see and we believe what we want to believe and until you are kind of faced with something like this you know, because I think even even Xander says it in that conversation at the beginning in the library where he's like, we're having a conversation about vampires. It's a conversation about vampires that we're having. Like he's kind of trying to justify and, it and to himself. Buffy, this Buffy is real. The, right. But Buffy says, oh, no, they're just, you know, this or that. And she said, and that's what I told myself when I first encountered it, you know. Yeah. And, and you like know, I said, and that that kind of comes back around at the end. Like I said, Cordelia's talking and, you know, she says mm-hmm. and, and it's kind of all over school of like, oh, there was a big dust up at the bronze. But not once do any of them, even though they saw and, you know, they saw them like feeding on blood, like theoretically, they would have seen a few, you know, people like poof in front of them, like we were talking about. And, you know. All of, even whoever Darla had pinned down when Willow throws the holy water on her, and it's still just nope. This is you know it was guys with yep. and girls with really bad you know skin conditions or something. Well, Cordelia was being held by somebody who had just <laughs> fed on the bouncer. You know she watched him, you know let go of the bouncer who he had drained, drop him on the ground and grab her, and. Yeah. You know, and she just, it was just a bite. It was just bikers. There were definitely some inconsistencies, but. Well, no, but the idea is that that's the way that people. Perceive, um, you know, I get it. That's the way they perceive and see it. See it. Well, yeah. because, because, because they, although they know, like, as although Buffy and Willow and Xander know that the monsters are real. Regular people want to say, oh, well, you know, it had to be something else. You right. know, it, they, it can't be. They have it to make it just. They're making they it. Have they to have to justify it. Yeah, it has to justify in their in their own heads. You know, small like, little minds. I get it. Yeah. Yeah, you know, it's like it, even even like we we saw it. We went through it with the um with the pandemic. People are like, oh well, it can't be that bad until it affects you personally, 
and then it's like, oh yeah, it's that bad. Well, it's you not know, like pan. that's anything. You know, well, yeah, but you know what I'm saying. Like, but like, any, like even you know, uh, alcoholism, drug addiction, yeah. any of that stuff. Oh, it's yeah. You know why? You know all that stuff. But, um, but yeah, like I said, that's one of the things that until I it, until it affects you personally, people make excuses for it. You know, yeah. and it's like, oh well, it's not, it's not this, that, or the other. But you know? that is one of the things that I like, and again, it's that establishes something that plays throughout the rest of the of the series because Giles even says how you know when the when the town was kind of settled, it was something was it's whatever he says in Spanish, it translates I think something like mouth the mouth of hell or gateway to hell or something like that, and so people have known over the years that all of these crazy things have been happening, but they just, you know, a good portion of them just kind of push it out of their minds of, well, that was just a weird coincidence, wasn't it? You know? Well, yeah. I mean, it's like the, you know, they weird, you know, it's just, it's the wind or it's, you know what I mean? Like different, even now different things they'll, they'll just say, Oh, well it was, it was, you know, it was just the wind, you know, like, right. No, you know, something took a bite out of your house. No, it was just. (laughs) (laughs) Hi, friends. This is Ruth from Just Plain Crazy Face Art of Northeast Pennsylvania. We are now accepting bookings for birthday parties as well as festivals. We offer face painting, glitter tattoos, as well as henna body art. We also offer the option of adding games or crafts to your party as well. Please check out our party services page on our website, justplaincrazyfaceart.com. Our face painting is done with water-based cosmetic products that are easily removed with soap and water. Let us use our 18 plus years in business to help you add color and fun to your event. We also have a large network of talented face art friends around the world. So even if we're not local to you, we probably know artists who are. Feel free to contact us to put you in touch with artists in your area. Um, and one of the other things that I that I like, and I remember it from the commentary. So this episode was directed by this. So even though it was part two, it was not directed by the same guy. I said uh, in the previous one that the guy that directed it was an actor and a director. And the thing that I know knew him most for was um, having acted in American Graffiti. Um, but even though this was a continuation, it was shot by a different director. Uh, this director is John T. Kretschmer. I hope I'm pronouncing that name correctly. And he is a prolific television director. Um, he's worked. He worked on the Lois and Clark show with Dean Kane and Terry Hatcher. He worked on Buffy and Angel, Charmed, Twilight Zone. The Hercules series with Kevin Sorbo. He did um, Psych, Burn Notice, Veronica Mars, a few of the Star Trek series, White Collar, um, you know what I mean? Like all sorts of things. And he was also um, an assistant director on some films such as The Naked Gun from the Files of the Police Squad and Jurassic Park. So very, um, very uh, prolific director and assistant director when it comes to films. But he did one thing that when you see the credits, there's a shot and we see it. I think it's right before Buffy goes and attacks Luke at the very end um, where she, you know, she's back like the blue lighting is behind her and she lifts her head up. And that's like one of the very last shots you see in the opening credit sequence where it says, you know, created by Joss Whedon or whatever. And I remember, I think it's in the commentary 
um, he says that when he was talking to the director and he said, give me my hero shot. And that's when she looks up and she's kind of like in the, like she's a little shadowed. And like I said, it's very blue behind her and she looks up and it's this fantastic shot. And it's, it's, like I said, in I think it's the very last scene or, or shot or one of the last shots you see in the opening credits for like the first three seasons or so. And that's he, you know, when they were filming it, he said, give me my hero shot. And there it was. And so I, I, I just love that. I love that he, that he would say that and that he was, you know, kind of confident enough that like, Hey, this is, you know, I'm this, whether it was going to be, this is the one we're going to use in the credits or whatever, but you know, just knowing you can use that, you know, in any sort of marketing materials or anything, yeah. you know what I mean? And well, that's so well, yeah, because it's huge. It's, it's, it's huge. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's the, it's the little blonde girl, but she's not, you know, the scream and, and run away little blonde girl, you mm-hmm. know? Exactly. Yeah. Um, so I don't know, like I said, it's a very we, powerful picture. We kind of talked about, I mean, all jumbled kind of all over the place, but we very much told sort of what the plot of the episode was. We kind of talked, I feel, about almost everything, unless, you know, did, I don't know, did you, either of you have anything else that you wanted to uh, say specifically about the episode The Harvest? Personally, I think all we, my stuff. Yeah, we covered everything and discussed a lot of good things about this episode. I mean... Look, it came together a lot better than I thought, and yeah, you know. Well, Ellsworth, I definitely appreciate you. Um, I know my mom pressured you on the last one to come back for this episode, so. Oh no, uh... your mom was a sweetheart. <laughs> she would never do anything like that to me. Sure, I would. I think you know, be there and and you know, give it at least give it two episodes and give it a shot. You know, no, you know, it, um, look, it, like you said, it wrapped it up. This, I, you know, yeah. I got a, I got, I got, I got a good idea, and like I said, I know going forward, it has to get better because it stayed on for so long, and I'm glad that it does because you know. Would you be was, willing to give it more of a shot, or are you? Uh, I don't know, but uh, yeah. I'm not going to ask you to be on the next one. Don't worry. <laughs> okay. Um, but you know, no. may, maybe a random well, no, episode. Maybe a random episode with... down the road. I I might watch just to you know be like, holy moly, this is where we're at. I don't know what's really going on in the general overall big storyline, but. As someone who watched the openings and then watched, you know, a random episode down the line, I'd be willing to maybe do something like maybe, that. Maybe maybe when he gets to the end, like if you haven't yeah. watched any in between, like to see what how they end the, the sure. um the season, you know? Sure. Like yeah. to see the difference. Like that'd be an interesting bookend <clears throat> when you get when he gets to the end and go, you know, okay, so this is where we left it at the beginning and then what a difference, you know however many episodes just in one season. So then going forward, you know that like, cause it does get better. And um, like we talked about the fact that realistically Buffy is, is untrained. The, um, the power that she has as the slayer, the strength and all that is hers because she's the slayer. But like in the last one uh, he says to her about, you know, reach out with your feelings to know where the vampires are. Like he's got to teach her how to do that, you know? And so it's a learning, it's a learning thing. So she doesn't have the best fighting form because there's a lot of gymnastics 
if you look at it, you know, because she was a cheerleader. So you see a lot of gymnastics. Well, the funny thing is in her fighting style, the funny <clears> thing <throat> is as much as, you know, she ha- it it's. It kind of, again, kind of like, a you know, the show being a, a metaphor, all of them, like the entire show itself is sort of a training sort of thing, right? Because as much as, um, you know, Sarah Michelle Gellar was on All My Children and she'd been acting since she was like, I think like four, five, six years old, something like that. Allison Hannigan had been acting since she was incredibly young as well, Um I believe Anthony Stewart Head, who plays Giles, has been in things for, I think, most of his life over in England. And, of course, you know, some some things, you know, internationally and what have you. Um, I think David Boreanaz, this was his first job. I think Nicholas Brendan, who plays Xander, I think this was one of his uh, his first jobs as well. And although Joss Whedon had worked on Roseanne and, you know, he, he had written some some film-related things and stuff like that. This was really this his... This is a big difference from Roseanne. Right. Yeah. Well, no, but I'm just saying this was his first time running a show. And for all yeah. of them, it was sort of their... You know, they were all learning even just how to do... You know, how to film on such a tight budget, get what they wanted done. And even the characters. So not only... It's one of those things where not only does... Giles have to learn what Buffy knows and doesn't know, but now in this is sort of where the character of of Buffy and it it happens, you know, spoiler alert, it happens over and over again, but you very much see it here in these episodes like I think you can walk away going, "Oh yeah, like when I like when I tell Ellsworth this, I, I'm a, you know, I'm hoping in his mind he'd be like, "Oh yeah, that makes sense just based off of what he's seen in these two episodes." The character of Buffy a lot of times sort of is like, you know, damn tradition, I'm going to do things my way or, you know, what have you. And she does that a lot. And one of the biggest things is the fact that she has, you know, basically two, for lack of a better word, civilians now working with her and helping her in these things. Because Giles, like he's a watcher, that's what he's, he has been trained to do and she's the slayer. But there's now two civilians like I said, for lack of a better word, with them helping them, which never really happened before. So both behind the scenes and in front of the the camera, it there was a lot of learning that had to be done for all of the characters and all of the, you know, everybody that worked Actors. on the production yeah. as well, you know. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, I think I, I, and truthfully, I'll be honest, I, I, I jokingly said, you know, the, the fact that um, that you know, my mother pressured Ellsworth to be on. I did message him. It's we we've it's been a few days since we recorded the previous one, obviously, but I did message him and I'm like, hey man, if you don't want to be on, I will cut that part out. And you know, I don't want to pressure. Well, I you. said that at the time. You know, <laughs> no, I, I said, know, you know, but I I, you could, I did. You could I made, cut it out. You know, I I did. I made sure to message him. And and Ellsworth is a, a very upstanding guy, and he. You know, he took the, you know, the, no, you know what, man, I'll, I'll do it. And it's, you know, two episodes and what have you. And so, like I said, I, I wasn't even planning on asking him to be on the next one. If I, I'm sure if I, cause I had the thought as well, maybe, you know, down the road somewhere, Hey man, do you want to hop on this, this random episode? And I'm sure I, I'm fairly sure he would have said, yeah, absolutely. But I, Hell I yeah. <laughs> but I, I am I am happy, Ellsworth, and I, I thank you very much that you you took the time to uh, watch these two and, and record because I know 
it especially based off of sort of the discussion that we had in the first one you weren't uh you weren't feeling it so just based off of kind of what we were discussing here like I, and you even said it yourself because this kind of gave conclusion to everything that was set up I, I would like to think that you, whether you liked it better or what have you, but I feel like you had a bit more of a warmer response to this one than you did the previous one. So Oh, I think, yeah, I'd say definitely. So I, I thank you for, for taking the time. And, of course, Mom, I thank you for taking the time. I know you're pretty much always down to talk about Buffy, and you're incredibly uh, happy that I'm finally doing this where I can get all of this stupid Buffy knowledge that I have out there and not just talk <laughs> about it while I'm walking around and or to random people or what have you. I'm actually able to, quote, unquote, put it to good use now by uh, by doing uh, this podcast. So I do thank you both for uh for joining me today as we talked about the harvest here on Buffy verse and converse. And if anyone else out there wants to keep the conversation going with either of the two of you, where can they find you uh, all around the internet Ellsworth? As always, you can find me on Twitter at the magician T H E M A J I S H N. And I'm over at Instagram Ellsworth certified. Thank you very much, Paul. Thank you, sir. Uh, Ruth, mom, where can they find you? <laughs> yeah, I'm on Facebook. Uh, you can find me Ruth Walters Casey or Just Thing Crazy Face Art on on Facebook. I don't have any of the other things, although Paul gives me crap about it all the time. You are in a visual medium. You should at least be on Instagram, is my opinion. Uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at JPGRB. You can find more about all of us over at Clock Shelves on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. That's at Clock Shelves, C-L-O-C-K-S-H-E-L-V-E-S. Um, of course, uh, both of these people have been on MCU and Me. They've been on Paul and All, which are other shows that I do. Uh, Ellsworth was recently on an episode of Lost with Friends. Finally got him oh, to be yeah. on there. And uh, <laughs> we're doing all sorts of stuff over on Clock Shelves and over on Content Club where you can get some uh, exclusive stuff. You got this and probably a bunch of other stuff early and uninterrupted. So that is your hub. Go sub to Content Club. Available at patreon.com slash clock shelves. And let me spell that out for you one more time. That's C-L-O-C-K-S-H-E-L-V-E-S. Um, Ellsworth, mom, thank you so much once again for being on here. Um, and I still don't really have a, I know I hate when I say this, when I start a new show and be like, I still don't really have a sign off. Um, but (laughs) I do appreciate you. And, uh, I, I had, you know, I'll I'll go with the bad pun again. I I had a fantastic time. So thank you both once again. Thanks for listening. Right. (laughs) Take care, everyone.